our Lord, our God and our Savior, King of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to me the glory forever. Amen. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are these among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Those of you that maybe were with us a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, it was the fifth Sunday of the Coptic month, Tuba, and we read this same or similar gospel, the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish. And those of you who were maybe listened or were with us last week, I talked about how the month of Amshir, which is the Coptic month that we are in currently, is focuses on Christ as the bread of life. And I mentioned, when we read this passage, like when we talked about this passage a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that this miracle is a foreshadowing of the Eucharist. The whole month of Amshir is talking about the Eucharist. But today I wanted to meditate, because we talked about last time when we talked about uh, this gospel, we talked about how it's uh, about the Eucharist. I want to meditate on a different verse this time. The verse that says when our Lord Jesus Christ, after He had fed the people, and after everyone had everything they needed, He said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. First, you know, as it, as it sort of pertains to the Eucharist, we can see here that Christ made a point that nothing is supposed to be wasted. It's kind of a little bit strange that at a time when Christ showed the ability to make an unlimited amount of food that he's concerned with not wasting the leftovers. Right? This is a, is a foreshadowing or points to the fact that the blessing of the Eucharist is something special. You know, in the rites, for example, of the Coptic Church when we celebrate the Eucharist, the entire body and all of the blood is to be consumed. And this is actually similar to, in the Old Testament, the rites of the consecration of a priest. In the Old Testament it says, Then Moses said to Aaron and to his sons, Boil the flesh at the doorway of the tent of meeting, 
eat it there together with the bread which is in the basket of the ordination offering. Just as I commanded saying, Aaron and his son shall eat it. The remainder of the flesh and of the bread you shall burn in the fire. So there is nothing that is supposed to just sort of be like left over or tossed away or thrown out. So you see how highly regarded the sacrifice is and why we as Orthodox Christians treat the Eucharist with such reverence. There's other uh, meditations to contemplate on about Christ insisting to collect and gather the leftover fragments. Uh, foremost, yani one of the things that is really especially important is the greatness of the miracle itself. Not only is there enough food for everyone, but there is an overabundance in food. St. Cyril the, the, of Alexandria, the pillar of faith, he reminds us, he says that when we are willing to give a little for the glory of God, we will receive, as Christ says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, we will be put into our laps. So we wouldn't be, we shouldn't be slow to be generous to those who may be in need. It's a very uh, famous contemplation to think about the, the the boy who gave up his five loaves and two fish. He had enough food for himself. He would have been there. He could have eaten. He would have he, he would have been just fine. And when it was asked of you know you can imagine the disciples are asking around who has food. It would have been an easy thing for God, the 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 kid to say, well you know it's five loaves and two fish. I'll just keep it for myself and eat it. If I give it to them, what's it going to do? But he didn't, and he gave what little he had, and he gave it to the disciples. And when the disciples gave it to our Lord Jesus Christ, he multiplied it. Sometimes we do not want to share what we have out of fear that we're not going to have enough for ourselves. Enough time, enough money, enough space. But the gospel this morning reminds us that this is never going to be the case. When, when God gives to us also, He gives us generously. And not just enough, but an abundance of blessings. There is enough food for them to all have, to all eat, to all be filled, and there's 12 baskets remaining. It reminds me, you remember in, in the Old Testament when Elijah provided oil for the widow who was struggling in, during the drought. The Bible tells us that the oil didn't run dry until the end of the famine. She had probably more oil than she knew what to do with. more, Far more than enough that she needed to sustain herself. And, and the last thing, the thing that I want to spend maybe the most time this morning is that God can and will use what we as human beings consider to be useless. Okay? He says, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. We worship a God who is concerned about the fragments. For us as individuals, sometimes we consider ourselves like these useless fragments. Maybe because we've sinned, Maybe because we've made wrong decisions. Maybe because we've become discouraged or defeated. And we think we've failed God so many times that we feel though, you know, He couldn't possibly have a use for me. There's no way at this point for me to be fruitful for God. And these are exactly the things that the devil wants us to think in order to sort of halt or to dampen our repentance and our return to God. This idea or this contemplation that God is concerned with the fragments teaches us that no matter what happens in our lives, God is wanting to gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. And we see that over and over and over again in Scripture. In the Bible study that we're doing on uh, Saturday nights, we're in the book of Judges, and one of the most famous judges is Samson. Samson was a person who knew the power of God. And God used Samson to do all kinds of mighty miracles that were recorded in the book. 
But Samson also sort of became involved in rebellion, he had lust, sexual immorality. And Samson, he paid a high, pri- high price for his sin. He lost God's power, he was taken captive by the Philistines, he had his eyes gouged out. They chained Samson to a grinding house to grind sort of like a, a common animal. But as he was doing those things, you can imagine that he was probably seeking for God's forgiveness for his sins. And the Bible tells us that his hair began to grow again. The Philistines put him in the temple and he prayed to God to give him his strength once more to defeat the Philistines. And it was said in, in the book of Judges that he defeated more Philistines in that last day than in all the time that he was alive prior. So God used this person who had fallen, who had sinned, who had done uh, uh, many things that were against the will of God. And, and he gathered up the fragments that remained and made sure that nothing is lost from this person's life. King David is a wonderful example of that as well. King David was a man, according to scripture, after God's own heart. And we all know lots of the great deeds that he performed uh, during his life. But King David also committed immorality with Bathsheba. And when he was afraid to get discovered, he had his, her husband murdered. And actually King David paid also a great price for this sin when his son was killed, when his son died. But he found forgiveness and he was still able to be used by God after this situation. Why? Because God is gathering the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Example in the New Testament, St. Peter. Our Lord Jesus Christ chose St. Peter as the disciple. And he was among the leaders of the disciples, the ones who were more outspoken. But he also was the one who denied Christ three times. And when he realized this sin, he went out and he was weeping, weeping bitterly. You can imagine how he could think to himself, what can I do? How can I come back from this? I was one of the the twelve closest people to Christ and now I've denied him. There is no way God can use me now. But St. Peter found forgiveness and went on to become the, the, the great preacher on the day of Pentecost. Why? Because God is gathering up Fragments so that nothing is lost. I have a lot of examples of this. In the Old Testament, Rahab the harlot. In the New Testament, the Samaritan woman at the well. In in the New Testament again, the woman that is caught in adultery. In the book of Acts, St. Mark, who left the ministry and and, and had such a a problem with St. Paul that he didn't want to kind of serve, they didn't want to serve together. But then St. Paul said said later, bring him to me for he is profitable for me. So the point here is Christ never excused any of these people's sins. Actually, most of them in those examples that I gave you, they were confronted with their sin and actually they had consequences because of the sin that they committed. But once they repented, Christ gathered the fragments of their lives, the things that remained, so that nothing would be lost. For us, we could say, I've wasted so many months, so many years, I've made wrong decisions that are going to forever impact my life. I've messed up so many times. The first thing I need to do is trust in the forgiveness of Christ. Remind ourselves that it is His good pleasure to give us the kingdom, as it says in the scripture. Remind ourselves that the whole reason Christ offered Himself as a sacrifice, and that He gave you His body and blood to eat, which we contemplate in this month of Amshir, is in order to give us an opportunity to be with Him regardless of what we may have done in our past. This is by no means to be understood as giving a reason to be okay with sin. 
We have to stay close to God. We have to reject sin because sin has real consequences. Foremost among those consequences, of course, eternal condemnation. But when we fail God and we turn back to Him again, we have to be assured that just like these 12 baskets of fragments, He cares for the things that others would maybe throw away, others would maybe toss aside and consider to be leftovers. So Christ thought those leftover pieces of fish and bread were important. How much more important the, the, the fragments or the pieces of your life that you may consider at this moment to be broken. And He's willing to gather them up and use them to do great things if we come back to Him in repentance. And the last uh, thing, just a one minute contemplation, I want to talk about, we're starting the, the, the feast or the fast of the Ninevites uh, on Monday. We're going to be fasting Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday are strict fasts, so they should be fasting uh, with uh, abstaining. The, the normal time to abstain until would be uh, about till 3 o'clock, but you can speak to your father of confession to have a suitable time. And we're going to have liturgies every day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, um, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., so you can uh, take part and take the blessings of the fast. And I encourage you all and I encourage us as a congregation to fast together, uh, to fast for uh, a repentance from our sins. Uh, I think it, it goes really well with this gospel that we're talking about gathering up the fragments. When the, when the people of Nineveh were told and explained to them that they're going to be destroyed because of their sin and they fasted in a serious way and they fasted over those three days, God accepted that fast. And we can do the same thing here in this church. We can fast together, all of us in one accord, in one body, fasting so that God can remove uh, His judgment from us and can forgive us our sins and bring us back to a path of holiness and righteousness. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.